0: This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the InfluenceAlliance.com, the business building community for changemakers who want to build a sustainable and scalable business they love. And yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you waiting for the right time, the right place, the right you fill in the gap before you take action on that dream that you've had? Well, my guest today says, just do it. What's stopping you? You've never going to have the right time or enough time, enough resources, enough of anything to really justify taking the leap. The important thing is to do it right now. Make mistakes and then do it better later. And joining me on today's show is Eleanor Hagland. Now, Eleanor, she's an MBA graduate or candidate at Columbia Business School, and she's also the founder and CEO of Aspire 360, a network for entrepreneurs that provides customised learning uh, programs and facilitator-led peer-to-peer community groups for founders to accelerate their professional development while running their businesses. She's also an avid reader. She's a writer of two novels. And today on the podcast, she's going to share how it's important to get feedback because it's crucial to your growth and your development. She's going to talk about how we can do so much more with a community, as well as the time to get started is now. There is no time like the present. Welcome, Eleanor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How many times, I'm sure you've even probably experienced this yourself, Eleanor, but how many times do we sit across other women um, who share their ideas and their visions and we're thinking, that is an amazing opportunity. Why aren't you doing that? Oh, I'm waiting for this, I'm waiting for that. I mean, we can all relate to that, can't we, at some time in in our lives and careers? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I had a mentor once that told me that – If you've had an idea and then someone else does it, you can't ever say that it was your idea because you didn't actually do it. So you've got to go out there and try everything because otherwise it's other people's ideas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about that certainly uh, today. But just share with us, uh, I love to get a bit of a background of where you've come from and why you're so passionate about this particular area. And of course, we're hoping that everything and I'm sure that the things that you share today are going to inspire people. 2021, this is the year that I'm going to launch, I'm going to do. So just
1: give us a bit of a snapshot on, on what led you down the path to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Um, so I would say that I, I started my love of entrepreneurship pretty early. I went to Carnegie Mellon University as um, my undergrad, and I studied creative writing, psychology, and entrepreneurship. I wanted to learn how to communicate with people. I wanted to understand people. Uh, and I wanted to learn how to solve problems um, with business. Um, I, you've kind of mentioned a little bit about how I believe that like the time to start is now. Um, I started my first business when I was in college, I thought, might as well try something and see how it works out. Um, so I started my first business um, when I was a senior, moved on to my second business a few years after I graduated, um, and just recently launched my my third business, um, Aspire 360, which is kind of wrapping it all together and solving the problems that I had as a, as a young um, founder doing it for the first and second time um, and trying to connect startup CEOs with each other to get resources and support.
0: Yeah, what I love about what you've just shared is that you've had a number of different experiences. And it sounds as if you've taken the learnings. And some of those learnings, I'm sure, have come and f- have come from challenges and obstacles. And sometimes even, you know, that F word failure. There's no such thing as failure, by the way, just feedback. And you've continued to grow and evolve. I mean, how many people do we speak to that have tried something and then haven't quite generated the outcomes and think, well, entrepreneurship is not just for me. If you could go back and tell your younger you, your younger self with that first business that you created, an insight that you've learned that sometimes only experience and time can can really teach us, what would that one thing be? Because I'm sure that someone is going to be listening and watching today that just needs to hear that insight. What would that be? Yeah,
1: I, I would tell younger me to, to find people that they enjoy working with. Um, And keep those people as close as possible. So ask questions of people who could become mentors, ask, um, ask your friends for their thoughts on what you're doing. Um, Tell people what you need or what you want, because if you don't tell them what you need or what you want, they, they can't read your mind, they can't help you with anything. Um, So really just to communicate with your community and make sure that they know what you need so that they can support you.
0: Yeah, and that beautifully segues into the first piece that you want to share today about getting feedback. It's crucial to our growth and development some of us, maybe it's just me, sometimes getting feedback, especially if it's something we're so passionate about, can seem really personal. But I love the way that you've said, this is actually the insight that I would share my younger self. So do you find that that often we, we may take some of that feedback, which comes from people who really do have our best interests at heart, but because we're not open to, to listening, we miss opportunities. Let's talk about that. And then some other things that we can le- really learn and grow from getting feedback from others that we know like and trust
1: yeah yeah i mean i think the the point you're making is a good one that you have to make sure that the people you're getting good like the feedback from are good people and that they do have your best interest at heart getting feedback is not just something that you can source from the world and expect to not get lots and lots of confusing answers Um, so it's kind of like identifying who you trust to give you that feedback first and make sure that someone that you that you trust in that area Um, And then asking kind of in building ways, the questions that you need. So not starting with like a really big general question, but for a very specific piece of feedback, take that feedback and then kind of see how that that feels to you. And then, then come back and ask another time, maybe a little bit bigger. And you get kind of used to that.
0: Yeah. Can you give an example? Because I know sometimes, you know, when someone hears that and think, oh, I would really love to hear uh, or give an example in context to provide a bit of context for people. Can you think of a situation where that happened? It was almost like a staggered, um, you know, asking of, of feedback, because obviously as you're learning and implementing, it opens up opportunities for you to go, well, that was really good. What, what do I need to layer on top of that? So can you give us an example of where that's really helped you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the, where I implement that in my work is um, I usually start with like a a really specific question about my business. So something that is, is something I'm dealing with that week or that month um, that I'm just not sure how to handle. And I just want lots of inputs. Um, For example, we're dealing with sales and marketing things right now. So I would ask a very specific sales or marketing question to a mentor that's supposedly respected in that field. Um, I would take that. And kind of reserving judgment, saying kind of very open to this being good or being bad, just implement it and see how that worked. And if it goes well, then that's great. Kind of asking for, for another piece of feedback and seeing how that goes. Um, and if it doesn't go so well, kind of being willing to ask it for an, another piece of feedback or some, uh, some other advice, but maybe not immediately implementing it or getting a couple of other um, inputs before, thinking of, uh, yeah. before doing that.
0: Yeah. I'd imagine that one of the reasons that you don't do that is because we could ask 10 different people and they'll give us 10 different responses and all of those responses may have worked for them and so we don't want to get an overwhelm do we or have conflicting advice that it ends up confusing us even more is that one of the reasons why you kind of ask one person that you know and 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 trust and respect and then kind of implement to see whether you know that is the answer that you're looking for are there any other reasons why you've done that that you see that that's worked really well and supported
1: you yeah I think that um I think that the other reason that I I think that it is really, really helpful and it does kind of clear out some of the um, confusion from having lots of mentors. But I think that it's also good because you build a relationship that way. Um, By asking questions and getting feedback, You are both vetting that person and figuring out whether they can be trusted to guide you um, because you're putting your business in their hand. But they're they're also receiving that as this person is curious about what I'm doing. They'd like uh, my support. And you're kind of building the relationship that way. And so you're building a network as you're receiving that kind of support.
0: Yeah. When you're talking about the kind of the mentors and getting that support, I guess there's a number of different ways that we, I mean, it's important and we're going to talk about the community. When you're talking about the kind of mentor and the example that you're giving, are you talking about, say, a mentor or a coach that we've actually hired to do consulting, coaching and and mentoring or someone that maybe is a peer that is an expert, a specialist, you know, thought leader in their area and, and perhaps you, are collaborating by you then sharing and in, in, in imparting knowledge and insights into their business. And well, maybe it's a combination of those kind of relationships.
1: Yeah, I, I think it can be both or either. Um, there are different types of relationships. I I've often see um, people who hire coaches or hire mentors or advisors, they need a lot of intensive support or um, consistent support. And some people do it because they don't want to feel guilty. You know, like they've asked their friends a lot of questions. And so they're, they're like, okay, I don't want to bother anyone. But there's there's a way to kind of do both. You can have a coach that has that ongoing support for you, or a mentor that you're, or an advisor that you're that you're paying that has that ongoing support for you, and still reach out to all of the um, the unpaid mentors, the people who just want to support you because they believe in you, or um or they're your friend, or uh, they knew you growing up, that kind of a thing. Um, and using them together can be really, really powerful.
0: Let's talk about a community. And you say we can do so much more with a community. And I think it beautifully aligns to what you're saying because we know that we need support. And I'd love for you to share some insights on maybe some of the things that you've done and maybe done and wouldn't do again. The reason I'm asking this is sometimes we will go to someone and we're seeking support and we hire someone or we may invest in a high-level program yet realise sometimes unfortunately down the track it wasn't the right support so what did you do that enabled you to get really clear on the support that you needed because business building is about the foundations and then the next step and then the next step. So, are you uh, now and, and perhaps in the past found someone that you said, well, I know that I need to build this in my business first. I'm going to seek someone who supports me in that area. And from there, I'm going to go somewhere else. Because I think we hear a lot of women and business, women in, le- women in corporate that have gone and haven't really been clear and therefore ended up with a mentor or a coach or a program that wasn't really best supporting them. What are some of the insights you you can share here, as I'm sure there's a lot of people there that are thinking about this being 2021, a
1: new year, who do I look to, to get Mm -hmm. some right support? For me, that goes back to being kind of like willing to try and willing to fail. Um, Because when... You, you don't know if a program is going to be the right fit for you unless you try it out. And, and so that's kind of, that is what I have done. So I've, I've tried programs, I've tried accelerators, I've tried incubators. Um, I went to business school. There are lots of things that I've like been willing to try and willing to kind of fail at if I wanted, if I, if it, if so, if it happened, and that was the only way that I figured that out. But what, what's crucial about being willing to try is then also being willing to say, no, this isn't for me. Um, because otherwise you end up with so much in your life that you, you kind of have to start cutting things out again. Um, and so being willing to figure out what does success look like at the end of this program or what, what would this relationship look like if it was successful and supportive, writing that down or just thinking about that before you go into that um, relationship or program helps you understand when it's not working and when it, when you just need to say, maybe not for me, I'm going to try something else.
0: And I think it's being able to have the confidence to have that conversation with someone, you know, having that that assertiveness and, and that confidence to have that conversation because so many of us don't want to, you know, hurt other people by saying, oh, look, this program's not not for me. And, and sometimes it's just isn't. Let's talk a little bit more about community and how you would define community and the kind of people that you really want to surround yourself because, and I have to admit that I am more of an introvert. Than an extrovert put a microphone in front of me and I'm fine but if I surround myself with too many people it can just suck my energy so I have to be really mindful of the time commitment so that I don't you know my energy doesn't drain so share a little bit more about what community means for you and what you've done over the years to really surround yourself with the right support, right people because obviously it's reciprocal too Mm -hmm. Um, what are some insights you can share
1: for us yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that you're an introvert. I'm also an introvert. Um, I a social introvert. I love to be around people, but there are times when I just need to recharge. Um but I think that one of the things that I've found in terms of building a community is that the, the times that I am with people or that I am really engaging, um, it should be around topics or activities or things that I really, really care about and that the other people that I'm engaging with also really care about. Um, so when I am working and I'm talking about this particular business issue, it's with someone else who's really, really passionate about that particular issue. Or if I'm talking about a book, it's with someone who loves reading and is just like really excited to engage with that with me. And that kind of energy can be um, rejuvenating in its own, if in its own sense. And, and it does that shared connection or the shared love of something, or even shared values, um, I think helps build the community in a way that, that's harder otherwise
0: yeah and uh what you would probably know to be true too is that you know as introverts i love that you've said that because it's so true isn't it we don't and i don't want to put words in your mouth so i'll just say it for me we just don't do small talk it's true <laughs> yeah. it would just wear us out not that we're not interested but it, it's more you know the dins and i say that for, for, for this per- purpose is that so often while well, i am an introvert so i'm not really good at at the community at, at Actual fact, you are introverts are far more interested in individuals having these deeper conversations. So look for the community. And this is for the extroverts too, because extroverts need that bubble. They love, you know, that, that bubble of social interaction and how are you and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. self-awareness, what you need, and then seek the community that works for you. And don't feel like you need to stay in a community because you're going to let people down if you leave. Um, You're not doing anyone justice and there may be a community that's waiting for your expertise, your insights and your character to to step forward. What are some of the things that you now look out for? Because I know that you love to create communities and you certainly have and we'll get you to share what your community is and if people are interested in learning uh, more about that but what are some of the things that you look out for when it comes to building community or even seeking a community?
1: Yeah. So when I'm building community, I'm looking for synergies and, and compatibilities. So I'm trying to see where people are different and maybe like other people would look at it and say they're, they're too different or, or they're opposites or so they wouldn't really go together. Um, but I'm looking for ways that two different people can add to each other and um, So in in the Aspire groups that we make, we like to put uh, people from different industries, people of different temperaments, people with very different backgrounds together, um, because we find that the conversations that uh, are generated from that kind of diversity helps to, it's it's just so much more engaging, so much more exciting for everyone. Um, Someone from insurance and someone from agriculture tech, and it's just really, really, really fun. What I look for when I'm creating communities for myself um, is, is value alignment. So I look for um, lots of different things, but kindness and loyalty and driven like am- ambition, that kind of a thing. So I'm, I'm always looking for people who, um, who are value aligned and who I would enjoy spending time with at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and when you're facilitating some of those communities, because I, I think you know, for a community to really be engaging and, and almost take on a life of its own, isn't it? it there's this culture that has been so carefully um, created that it, it it takes shape, and people want to become involved. For people who are also thinking about starting a community, because I think as influencers or you know potential thought leaders who want to create communities and our communities can be ideal clients maybe even in, in, in a corporate environment it could be a brains trust of people who are now I mean 2020 has been an interesting year lots of learning opportunities but kind of having these brain trusts where we can without judgment or criticism just brainstorm you know unique people from across the the, the environment and come up with ideas that may never have been even expressed were it not for that community so so what would you say and I think this is really beautifully segueing into the time to get started is now. There's no time like the present. Mm-hmm. So often we'll share an idea and some will go, nah, that's that's not really idea that kind of thing lights a fire in me and it's like well actually I think it's a really great idea so I don't care what you say I'm just going to do it anyway and I love that you said if I fail well that's fine I'll come back and I'll revisit it but what are Mm -hmm. some things that you can encourage people to start doing particularly around community and and getting started even if there's a little bit of pressure internally or externally
1: yeah, I, I think to to that question, there's kind of a, a, a vulnerability and a um, and a communication piece there. So when we when we do brainstorms, um, firstly, we set up uh, a way for everyone to get really comfortable with each other first. So we share something personal Um through a series of questions and then once everyone starts to kind of loosen up that's when you when you do the brainstorm um because people are more more willing to share ideas that they might not otherwise have been Um, and then uh, we like to like we like to say that there there are no bad ideas and so no one can say yes or no to any idea Um, there's there's there has to be space for everyone to share and build off of each other. So doing a lot of yes and exercises or sharing an experience, never saying like, this is the solution or like, this is what I would do. Throwing things into a pot that that person can then take from the brainstorm and start to think about and form them into more coherent ideas now that they've seen the full landscape of possibilities.
0: You know, what I love about that is that it really allows for ideas to come out that, if we don't put... A block, or a, you know, if we go into criticism or the critic mode, it, it won't allow for that idea to expand. You know, as you were speaking, an idea that I that I thought of, and I just kind of share if it's helpful for people, is you may not have uh, a community yet, but what you do recognize is there is a colleague who, and this is, can be for people in business, a colleague that you really admire. Well, maybe you can be the sounding board and and say to each other, well, let's get together for half a day. Half a day, will do some brainstorming for your business, and then the second part of that session, we'll do some brainstorming on mine, and then together we can then walk away with some really great opportunities to dive further into. And I think now is such a great opportunity to be able to reach across, you know, the globe. Now we realise that we don't need to actually be face to face. We've got tools and technologies to be able to to do that. What's going on in, in different countries? I mean, that's just you know terrible when we think of that, but from a point of view of opportunities that are there that we may not even recognise, I'd imagine that there's just so many opportunities that people may not even realise. What What are you excited about mostly uh, when you think about 2021 and, and what's available for women in leadership, whether business or, or corporate? What are some things that you are quite excited and looking forward to?
1: Yeah, well, so I've been really excited lately, um, and I hope that this continues um, once everyone is healthy and out of the pandemic, Um, but I've been really excited about the cross-border, cross-geography types of connections that I've been making and that a lot of people that I know have been making. Um, Everyone, it seems, has gotten very comfortable with technology, Um, and so I have new friends across the world um, who... I'm excited to keep in contact with, excited to meet new people. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing in your communities. I mean, you've already mentioned Aspire360. What is the web address, by the way? Because as you're sharing, I'll, I'll get that up on the screen and we can share that so people can kind of, we can scroll through that website. But share a little bit about the community and what's in store this year.
1: Um, the web address is www.aspire360.io um and the question was what are we excited for for this year right (laughs) um so yeah we're we're really excited to be creating some new groups we're going to be doing our first annual pitch competition this year i'm really excited to see all of our members compete um for for cash prize in that and bringing on some really incredible coaches um a couple of our recent additions are eight time founders, uh, current VCs, really, really incredible career uh, career people. So um, excited to get those folks connected with our up and coming generation of entrepreneurs.
0: Fantastic. Now I've just gone to click my screen and as you would have it, um, StreamYard is saying I need to get access and all that. So I'm gonna try and do okay. that. But um, so just again, the, the web address is uh, aspire360.io. One of the things that I think, you know, so many women uh, potential leaders or maybe existing leaders we're finding, and you, you spoke about this earlier about, you know, providing f- feedback for, for others or getting feedback for others. Let's mm-hmm. turn the table. Let's let's talk about what's the most effective way to, get fi- to give feedback? I mean, we talked about g- getting, but what's the best way that you found to give feedback to others?
1: Yeah, I found that there's, there's a couple of things. It's kind of getting buy-in first, making sure that someone wants feedback. Um, you don't wanna give people feedback that they don't wanna hear. Um, and then being kind of unapologetic about it. So being willing to give that feedback and and just kind of leave it there, like as an offering. Like I am giving you this. I hope that it helps. Um, but it's up to you if it helps, and if you don't want it, then you can leave it. Um, and that kind of exchange, in my experience, has been really helpful because when I'm kind of like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to give you this feedback. I don't really want to do this. It actually makes it more uncomfortable for the person who's receiving the feedback because they assume that it's bad in some way. Um, but when you can just kind of deliver the feedback, leave it, and both of you can move on, I think it's worked so much uh, better than other than other ways that I've tried to give feedback.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you know, sometimes when we do give feedback, similarly when we're receiving feedback, we may not yet be ready to really fully appreciate that. So I think as we're continuing to share, don't be tied to the outcome. So in other words, if someone doesn't really wow, that is fantastic, or whatever, don't be insulted and say, Well, that I'm not going to give feedback anymore because they really didn't take it on. You just don't know. Do you? You may have planted a seed in someone's life that down the track something happens someone else says something and it reminds them of the word that you've shared with them and then all of a sudden something clicks into place and off they go and I'd imagine I mean you may have some stories from some of the wonderful people that I'm sure that you're connected to in your community and at, in Aspire 360 where you've mentioned something and maybe months or sometimes even years down the track you're having a conversation with them and say you remember that discussion we had that has been so impactful but it didn't happen till years later I'm sure you've had that kind of feedback from others yes
1: yeah yeah I mean I think that you you don't always get to see kind of the impact of the feedback I know for myself um I've I've had that experience where people have given me feedback and I've kind of been like oh interesting I don't know if it quite fits and then a year later or two years later it's it's really clicked um I I remember I got a piece of feedback early on in my business school career someone told me um that the way that I was engaging with the group was was too quiet. They wanted me to to engage or or to to share my ideas more readily. Um, and what I didn't realize was that the way that I was engaging with the group was kind of being received as passive when actually I was trying to hold back, hear everyone everyone's ideas so that I could engage later. And that piece of feedback finally fell, fell into place for me a year and a half later when I was doing some leadership training. And I finally realized how to how to handle that or what to do with it.
0: Yeah, and what did you do with that? Because people are thinking maybe uh, that's I, I can see myself in that. What were some of the changes or tweaks that you made that enabled you to to start
1: bringing that forward? Yeah, well, so my natural style is to ask questions, and so I I started asking more questions. I leaned into one of my strengths, um, and I also set expectations better upfront. So people didn't think that I was asking questions and being quiet afterwards. So I said, my natural style is to, to ask questions and kind of sit back and, and figure things out. I'll, I'll come back into the conversation in a bit, but I'm, I'm just processing what you're saying. I'm actively engaging, and I'll, I'll be back in a couple of minutes um, ready to engage with that.
0: Yeah, what I love about what you've just done, and I'm, uh, I'll just uh, let share with others because they may not have seen this. It's how we preframe, isn't it? It's how we preframe a conversation, and we can use that in any conversation that that we've had. And I remember a co- uh, one of my coaches and mentors saying to me, and I'm hoping I'm paraphrasing this correctly, that an ounce of preframe is worth a pound of reframing. So in other words, if you pre-frame it correctly, you won't have to go back and and backpedal and reframe everything because things have just, you know, kind of hit the fan kind of thing. And so Um, that's right. Provide some context, allow people to know what's going on, tell them what's going to go on and so forth, and then let the process flow and then go back and action those steps I I love that so many so many incredible insights there so I've been able to put the uh, the link there aspire360.io we weren't able to share that uh, on the screen that's all right technology uh, we find in a different way but to share with people a little bit more just to recap and um, maybe there's some other things that you would like to draw their attention to and for people who are listening uh, to this episode uh, down the track what some some final thoughts that you'd want to share
1: yeah i would say i mean we've been talking about the time is now the time really is now i i if you are thinking about a new idea in 2021 i encourage you to go out and and try it start something even if it's really small um, because whatever you learn from that small experience you will be able to build on so i I really encourage you to start if you have an existing business we welcome you to try out aspire see if it is the right the community for you if it's not we have a 30-day free trial um, so you can end at any point without any hurt feelings um, and for listeners of this podcast episode um, we are also offering a 10 percent discount so feel free to email me my email is eleanor at aspire360.io we i'd be happy to meet you and we'd be happy to have you so
0: Oh, that's such a wonderful offer. Thank you so much, Eleanor. Thank you for sharing your insights. I know that many women who have had a dream or have had an idea, as you said, if, if you, we wait, there's nothing worse, is it? If we have an idea and then all of a sudden someone down the track launches it and you think, and it's a really good idea. But as you say, you can't claim that because uh, you, you didn't launch that, didn't take action. So please uh, go to aspire360.io, email Eleanor, get uh, or take advantage of that wonderful offer that she has had and join their community because it may just uh, be what you need to support you in getting into action and fulfilling that dream and that vision that you've had for, for so long. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you thank
1: you for having me this podcast is brought to you by the influencealliance.com Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted
0: authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com/podcast series that's the influencealliance.com/podcast series.